HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My Family Recipe is a new podcast from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network, bringing you cherished heirloom recipes and the stories behind them. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to hell. I mean, welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, pourable, and also uh, blow your nose a bowl <laughs> with your hosts, me, George Clooney from ER, and me, Anthony Edwards from ER, with this Sinus Invasion. <laughs> Nicole is sick. Nicole was sick last week, and she remains sick, but adorable. Adorable. People love to hear stopped up nose sounds. Yeah, they do love it. It sounds sexy. Now, let me ask you, Nicole, before the show, you mentioned you're joining us live from your bed. Is this true? Yeah, I'm broadcasting live from my bed. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so sexy. Are you are you doing anything sexy while you're talking to us or just laying oh, yeah. straight I'm like a covered mummy? covered in tissue paper from head to toe, which is very sexy probably to someone out there. Poor buddy. You have a sinus infection and it started as a little bit of a ear infection. Is that true? An orakete infection? Well, it's like I got my booster shot and I was I had a little bit of a sore throat and then I got really sick, but I thought it was for my booster. But then I just stayed sick for eight days after that. So uh, it's a sinus infection, I believe, which also clogged up my ears. So I can only hear out of one of my ears, which is thrilling. Which, which one? The right ear. I'm sorry, to your left ear. In <laughs> fact, I'm just going to start saying terrible shit, but only to your left ear. Okay. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> I'll never know. <laughs> sorry. Um, oh Mary and I yesterday, Mary and I were having a chat yesterday and talking about pasta shapes we like. And uh, we we're talking about orakete. And I was like, you know, I wish I still had Brucey so I could ask all the servers to go ahead and and push the special, the bowl, a bowl of little warm boiled ears. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, orakete means little ear. And I just think it's so funny to be like, and tonight we have a bowl of boiled tiny ears tiny with brown ears. butter and sage. We There's also, somebody invented a new pasta recently. Did you hear about Get this? Get the hell out of here. Yeah. I did know about it. Oh, you did. Okay. I'm like, but I don't remember what it's like. Uh, I remember it looking a little bit like a campanile, kind of like a, a curly shape, like a curly, short extruded shape. Um, and I say brava to you, whoever invented this. I want to say it was like the Spolina pasta people invented it. Okay. However, 
I don't, I can't imagine. It's almost like inventing, uh, like saying a sentence that you think no one said before. It's like, pasta has been around for thousands of years. I can't imagine that shape's never existed, but go ahead, go with it. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. So what what else is new? Have you been watching anything while you've been laying in your bed? I watched, so late. Well, I've been watching the OC. For some reason, it's all I can tolerate in my state of disease. (laughs) Um, What a great show, though. Lots of early 2000s fashion errors. Um. (laughs) Low-cut pants. Yeah, major errors. Low-cut pants where you can see your underwear that's matching your top. Mm Mm-hmm coming out and you cut the waistband off here like there's the main character mom has like this crazy like layered haircut but it's always straightened so it's never like it's just bizarre she has like extremely short layers in it and I don't know why (laughs) yeah it was a very honestly and you know this is obviously no new information but the early 2000s is the most criminally bad time in fashion and I'm not sure how it happened I mean I kind of I guess we could distill it down but we don't really have enough time today um (laughs) but it deserves to be punished it was very bad there's nothing really redeemable about as far as I'm concerned dresses on top of jeans was big which is a an out for a no from me dog yeah there's a a scene where Kirsten the mom once again is wearing like it's a fancy dinner She's wearing like a <clears throat> like a backless halter top over the top over a tank top. A backless halter dress, sorry, over a tank top and also flared black pants. Wow. That's too much to handle. And a choppy layered haircut. I've, yeah. I've been like uh relentlessly binge watching for, you know, I've watched it before in the past a couple of times, but really getting into the Larry Sanders show in such a serious way that it's all I want to not only watch, but it's actually also all I want to talk about <laughs> like with anyone and anyone who's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. I'm watching the Larry Sanders show. Hey now. Like, I'm just like <laughs> so into it. Um, and I'm not sure if, you know, it's repellent or attractive and I don't particularly care, but it's like actually all I can handle right now. Yeah. It's just Gary Shandling's like kind of sagging face, rest in peace and Rip Torn's voice and all of the 90s stars that we love to hate and hate to love just up in our faces. Yeah, it's a good show. I need to rewatch that too. It's so much fun to watch. Like, it's so quick and like re- truly just like, right, the precursor to like all of the kind of funny shows from the 2000s, like Arrested Development and The Office and stuff like that. It's, it's good. Totally. It's much better. In fact, some would say. Like me, I'm some. Um, I'm some. I have some Ben and Jennifer news for you. Ah, thank the Lord. The news is a whole article was written about that people should go watch the movie Jersey Girl because. Oh my God, I forgot about that movie. (laughs) Because they're in it (laughs) together. (laughs) Okay. I tried watching Jiggly and I did not, I was not a fan to say the least, but I will try Jersey Girl because I have nothing left to lose basically at this point in my life. (laughs) I've never seen Jersey Girl. I cannot possibly imagine Jennifer or um, Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck having good chemistry together, but. Where does Jennifer Lopez come in though? She plays like his wife that I believe dies. (laughs) <laughs> probably probably during childbirth, I'm assuming, because how women die in the movies. Of course. 
or in like a car accident because he has to like raise a daughter alone i think is the premise of this film god help that poor child (laughs) (laughs) but then finds love with Liv tyler who he reconnects with as uh, just as the world's ending it's amazing that he went from whatever other jersey job he had to becoming a first-class astronaut in such a little span of time well he's like an oil rig guy oh he was an oil rig guy in armageddon yeah, they're oil rig guys and they train them to be astronauts. Like in a short time? They're like, yeah. get over here. <laughs> they're like, well, since the world will be completely destroyed by this comet, we'll teach you, we'll learn you guys how to drill oil on a comet. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens? They drill all the oil out of the comet. Does he die? Sorry, if anyone's never seen the movie, please <laughs> clog up your oraquetes right now. Does he die in the movie? No, uh, Bruce. So, okay. I can't, you've never seen Armageddon? I did, but I don't remember anything about it. I saw it when it came out in the movie theater in the okay. year, like, 1800. I've seen it, like, 600 times, I think. But, um, so, yeah, they basically train these roughneck oil rig guys to be astronauts so they can fly, land their jet, or whatever they are that go into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jet. <laughs> their space a jet. helicopter. Uh, they landed on the meteorite or whatever the fuck, the comet. I don't remember. Totally. <clears throat> um, and then the plan is for them to drill into the center of the comet or meteorite or whatever and put a nuclear weapon in there mm. and then fly away and then they'll like, ignite it before it hits Earth. Yeah, that's a good plan. Um, that's what I would say to do. As in all space movies, things go horribly wrong. And Bruce Willis has to sacrifice himself <laughs> to stay on the comet slash meteorite to save the lives of the crew. He's like, and I've been dead the whole time anyway. <laughs> he's like, you were dead the whole time. Yeah. So <laughs> that is that is what happened. And then Hans Gruber shows up and is like, dude. Die Hard, you know what I mean? Oh, I thought you meant like actual the guy who played Hans Gruber was also in Armageddon. I was like, I, that's information I can't handle. No, I was trying to do what you did with the mix the movie. Day I understand. I get, get it. On, get on my program. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. Actually, in interesting Bruce Willis news, the other day <laughs> I saw Johnny Depp on the street and he had blonde hair. Ew. He looked very weird. And then days later, uh, I was at Keen's for Becky's birthday and coming hot off of my Johnny Depp sighting experience, I saw a bald man walking towards me in Keynes, and I was I was like, oh my god, it's Bruce Willis! But it wasn't. It was just another man who had no hair. <laughs> um, Darn it! Yeah, it wasn't him, but I he did look from it did look a lot like him, and uh, he was also undead. He was a ghost. That is really he good. disappeared Bruce into Willis thin just- air. Yeah, I looked behind me; he was gone. So I was like, it must have actually been Bruce Willis. Um, what was Johnny Depp doing? He was taking pictures of the street. <laughs> he was the taking street? Pic- yeah, he was in front of Supreme. Uh, Ryan and I were like walking down the street. Um, we were like on the Bowery looking for equipment or whatever for the pop-up. And um, we're like turning the corner, went to go get a slice of pizza. And he was like on the corner in front of Supreme. This is not an interesting story. And Ryan was like, hey, that's Johnny Depp. And I was like, huh, what's he doing? And Ryan's like, he's taking pictures of the cars <laughs> that are passing by <laughs> What a freak. Yeah, he's a real (laughs) squirrely guy. Bless you. Bless your heart. 
Is anyone taking care of you? Does does anyone brought you some Gatorade? No, I'm all alone in this world. (sighs) Me too. Welcome. Um, We are so far apart from each other, we can't even bring each other tissues. I have been having nice delivery people bring me chicken soup, which leads me to our topic. Get right into this topic. We got a hard out. We got to be off air. And yeah, Armin threatened our lives with tool emojis. Yeah, that's don't true. Finish right at one, which is violence. Yeah, I don't. I don't choose violence, Armin. Okay? Armin, you're in big trouble from us. You hear that? We're gonna go and we're gonna do a two-hour show today and just see what you do. <laughs> Are you gonna cut us off like at the like a a person of color like at, at the, the Oscars? Oscars. <laughs> yeah, with the symphony sound. That would be funny. <laughs> yes, please. Let's own the show with the symphony. Okay, get into it. Okay, so um, I wanted to do sick foods because I was sick last week. And so I decided to do Jewish penicillin, which is chicken soup. Mm. Um, and I'm not Jewish, but I am. that's okay. I play one on TV. <laughs> I'll, I'll support the Jewishness for the entire podcast. Yeah. You can borrow some of mine. You are Jewish. Good job. So I got all of my information from a website called theconversation.com. And so here we go. Great. So people started using chicken or poultry, I guess is what they said, in their soups right as soon as they figured out how to boil water. It was instantaneous. They were like, oh, my God, this water is boiling. Let's put a chicken in here. And voila. That voila. is a history of chicken. That is a history of chicken soup. I'm done. Just kidding. <laughs> um in so the the tradition of chicken soup is also a very strongly in Chinese culture as well. So that's where we're gonna start. Um in the second century BC, a Chinese medical text referred to soup, chicken soup as yang food or a warming dish that would cure disease. Um, in China, in Chinese culture, chicken soup is given to a woman after pregnancy and to the elderly because it's believed to be invigorating, has an invigorating effect. So I guess if you're old in China, people are just constantly handing you chicken soup yeah, at here, all times. Drink this, don't die. You look old. Here is some chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is probably why Johnny Depp looked old. Did he look old? Uh he did look old and he was without soup. And I now regret that I didn't go into Supreme and get some of their world famous chicken soup. And give it to him. Oh my God. Of course he was in front of Supreme. LOL. Um, in China, noodles represent long life. So when they started adding chicken or adding noodles to chicken soup, it was to bring well being to your family. That's why we have chicken noodle soup today. I love that. That's amazing. Um, this, um, this, that's a very um, long dynasty. This, um, noodle shops became popular during this dynasty. And so that then spread chicken noodle soup. And then it became popular throughout Asia, which before it had just sort of been in China. Um, and then Jewish folklore, chicken soup is tied to the central European medical history. So the Greek physician Galen recommends, to this day, he still recommends, he's still alive, I guess. Um, <laughs> he recommends chicken soup for migraines, leprosy, constipation, and fever. Wow, that's okay? a lot of things. 
I never tried that for my migraines. I went right to the neurologist and got on those farmies. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's not going to help your leprosy, but what do I know? I mean, yeah, um, I'm already pretty much only a head and neck. <laughs> um, at the end of the Middle Ages, Jewish philosopher slash physician, Moses Maimonides, probably didn't say that right, Moses, I'm sorry. Moses Murray Maimonides. <laughs> Uh, he recommended chicken soup for the weak and the sick, but nobody ate it because it wasn't really that popular to chicken just wasn't that wasn't around in the 15th century or before that, before the 15th century. Um, so he was like, have some chicken soup, weak people. And they were like, no. But then in the 15th century, raising chickens became really popular. So then they were like, OK, now we'll have it. Now the weak people will have chicken soup. Right. Get this thing in a pot ASAP. I think yeah, it's Maimonides. Maimonides. Maimonides, yes. Because there's still like a, um, there's like a chain of hospitals in New York, actually, I think. Oh. That's named after this person. And it's Maimonides. Great. Good job. Thank you. I'm Jewish. I told you. I know how to pronounce yeah, yeah, all yeah. of these names. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Similar to the Chinese tradition, Sephardic Jews gave old, um, sorry, oh yeah, they gave chicken soup to old people um, and women who had given birth. And they, the kind of chicken soup that they would give them was called old hen chicken broth. Oh my God, how dare they? <laughs> I thought, it's funny. I love it. Um, Sephardic Jews also started the tradition of putting rice in their chicken soup, which mm. I like. I like that too. Chicken rice soup is really nice. Um, after the 15th century, which was a big moment in chicken soup history, apparently, um, chicken soup became part of the Ashkenazi culture as well, um, basically because the Sephardic Jews gave it to them. They're like, here's some chicken soup, bro. Um, <laughs> and they're like, thank you. I did just have a baby. Um, after World War II, it basically got super popular in America because of all of the Jewish immigrants coming on in here. Um, <clears throat> and that is when Jewish penicillin became a thing, like a nickname or right. whatever. Um, can chicken soup actually cure you? Possibly. In 1978, Marvin Sackner, a doctor of some kind, did a study that showed that drinking chicken soup was actually better at clearing congestion than hot water or cold water. Ah, I wonder why. In 1980, a study showed that it can thin the mucus in your lungs, hmm. um, which then possibly could help the white blood cells fight up the infection faster. That's interesting. I wonder what it's about. I mean, I wonder if it's just the hot liquid. I wonder if it's like, you know, onion in there and carrot and that kind of influence, or is it something in the chicken? Like, I mean, obviously we know like, right, bone broth from yeah. beef bones is helpful because there's collagen in it and that has a direct effect. But I wonder what it is about the chicken that's actually healing. I don't know. And is it just chicken? We don't know. But um, there is a, a great deal of calcium in it mm. if you make it from the bones of the chicken. But the same could be said for any bone broth. But right. um, yeah, they don't know. Huh. But it possibly is a cure-all, which is why I've been exclusively eating chicken soup for seven Days. It doesn't seem like it's really working, though. Can we agree on that? Exactly. <laughs> so this is a, you've busted this myth. 
wide open. I did. I busted it open. This fucking Marvin Sagner's a lying <laughs> piece of shit. Go die, Marvin Sagner. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure you already have. Um, I think I mentioned this to you the other day when we were talking about chicken soup is that, you know, I grew up, <clears throat> my mom is Jewish. My grandmother was Jewish. Um, we were never like religious or anything, but definitely the food traditions were strong. And so anytime I was sick growing up, my mom would make chicken noodle soup. And I love it. And I love my mom's, my mom is a fabulous cook and I love her food, but there is something that I still kind of don't like about chicken soup because it reminds me of being sick. So even smelling like chicken soup cooking, like I, even when I make broth at home, I have to like really put on like, I mean, I don't love when my house smells like food anyway, but um, I have to like really get like the lemons boiling and the incense going because it's just something about that smell of chicken broth like that I like I like it but it is it reminds me of feeling sick. Yeah, I only eat chicken soup when I'm sick. I don't ever get it otherwise, which I think is interesting because it's good. It's but. so good, and I made some recently. I made some like a couple months ago. And I had like, it was so gorgeous and it was all like the nice, you know, I made my own broth and I roasted the chicken and it was gorgeous vegetables and I really couldn't eat it. I had to like give it away. <laughs> I gave it away to people. I'm like, I'll eat some of this tomorrow. And then it kept, I kept not wanting it. And I really think that's the, the issue. I'll eat matzo ball soup, like chicken matzo ball soup. Yeah, I do like that. I prefer that. <laughs> um, but there's something about just plain chicken noodle soup that like, I just, I like it again. I like it. It just reminds me of being sick. So I don't really eat a lot of it. Um, how interesting take- though. Yeah. Should we take a little break and come back with my sick story? Yeah. Okay, sick. great. Sick. Grab your Kleenex, bruh. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it, from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children, about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Are you sick and tired of coughing through the night? Are you <laughs> sick and tired of waking up with a pillow soaked in snot? This was going to be an ad for something, but um, I kind of lost my enthusiasm for it. I am sick and tired of that. Yes. Thank you for asking. Guys, did anyone listen to an old episode of ours? What listeners out there will know that you're true fans if you listen to our infomercial episode, which I re-listened to recently. And Nicole, you really are fun. You're funny. <laughs> It made me laugh. <laughs> it was really good. I know. I feel like I'm off my game today. Sorry, everyone. I mean, I think we can give you a small break or even a huge break. And you're you're still very funny. It's just we can tell you don't feel good because, of course, yeah. of your infected orichetes. <laughs> yeah, my orichetes. Those fucking bastards. Ew, your orichetes are full of brown butter. And it's clogging. Ew, <laughs> that's probably true. 
Ew. Okay. So in the spirit of our sickness episode, our sick foods, <laughs> I decided I would do ginger because ginger is something that, I mean, it's like a go-to when I was a kid, at least it was like chicken soup and like ginger ale. Right. And yeah. as an adult, like if I, you know, get sick, I immediately throw ginger like make a fresh ginger tea or put ginger in my juicer. It's just definitely like the thing I think about having because it's like truly variant. It has a lot of antibacterial qualities. Um, Science research has shown that ginger is really very good for you. Uh, It's an anti-inflammatory. It's good for gastric distress. It has all kinds of wonderful medicinal remedies. But that wasn't really interesting enough, I don't think, to talk about for a full 20 minutes. So I started going down the rabbit hole of stories kind of about ginger. And I decided to talk about gingers, the mutants that roam amongst us. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we allowed to call them that still? <laughs> my dad was a ginger. Um, oh, right. So I feel so it's okay, like then. it's okay for me to say it. And also one of my closest friends, two of my closest friends are gingers, Mary O'Malley and Preston. So, <clears throat> Oh, yeah, Preston. Aww. I take a pass from the ginger community. Um. So I got all my information today about the story I'm going to tell you from Wikipedia and an article called The Jake Leg in The New Yorker. So um, as I mentioned, ginger has anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and other helpful properties. Um, One thing that I was going to talk about, I was like, oh, the history of ginger ale. And so I started looking up the history of ginger ale. And there was nothing really that interesting except for this one story. I think it took place in Scotland or England, somewhere over the pond. And uh, it was like in the turn of the century, a woman was drinking a ginger beer. And when she got to the bottom of it, there was like a dead snail. There was a dead Ew. snail in the bottom. Gross. And she got, get in there? she got violently ill from drinking this dead snail ale. And she sued. And it was like the one of the first cases of like tort, like, you know, when we were talking about tort law, when we talked about the McDonald's hot coffee cup case. Yeah. It was like one of the first one of those cases ever. And it was about ginger ale. But essentially, I just told you all the highlights as all there is to know about this. But I just go ahead and check that out. Because can you imagine a, sin- a dead, rotten snail in your gin? <laughs> Rude. But people eat snails. How come she got sick from it? Well, because it was, it was like fermented. It was like, <clears throat> it wasn't a fresh snail. You have to like catch a snail cook it in butter and then eat it you can't let it just decay in a bottle for like Ah. two years um then it's very poisonous so anyway I decided that I would talk about something which I didn't really know anything about but when I started looking up ginger I heard this I came across this terminology the jake walk and I remember this um whatever bar that was in Cobble Hill like years ago when Brucey first opened called the jake walk so it sounded familiar so I kept looking into it and now knowing what it's about I'm very confused as to why they decided it was like appropriate to name the bar this but that's their problem not mine um so are you ready for the story of Jamaican ginger and the Jake walk yes okay great otherwise known as Jake leg um so Jamaica ginger extract um was known in the U.S. by the slang name Jake And in the 19th century, like in the late 19th century, it was like a kind of like a tonic that was sold legally. And it had like a high concentration of ginger. So when people were feeling they're getting sick, it was just like, oh, take some of this Jamaica ginger and you'll be fine. Um, But during prohibition, people were trying to 
like just buy it because you could legally obtain it and it had like 70 per 80, 70 to 80% ethanol by weight. So it could kind of get you drunk. Um, however, but it would be so gingery and burn your throat. Of course. And as we'll come to find out, it caused a lot of other problems. So in the 19, like by the 1930s, a large number of users, users of Jamaica ginger were affected with the paralysis of the hands and feet that quickly became known as Jamaica ginger paralysis or Jake paralysis or the Jake walk. Um, so in small doses, when you mix it with water, it was great. It cured headaches, it cured upper respiratory infections, mental disorders, intestinal gas, which is a lot of things that, you know, they say that ginger in kind of like its purest form will help you with today. Um, it was popular, although it had a very strong ginger flavor. Um, and like people were just kind of, you know, getting it, drinking it. And, um, so they changed the recipe by 1921, <coughs> the U S government made the original formula formula of Jamaica ginger prescription only because it was tasting, um, so gingery, uh, it was like kind of retooled. Um, and so they put, um, a, okay. So to make their products more palatable, the manufacturers around the same time of prohibition, um, retooled the recipe and they began to le- illegally replace the ginger or listen with cheaper ingredients like molasses, glycerin, and castor oil cutting costs and significantly diminishing the unpleasant ginger flavor. Um, and then the president of the Jamaica of the company that owned Jamaica Ginger uh, was looking for an alternative additive for the ginger formula, and he discarded the ethanol glycol and diethylene glycol as being too volatile, and eventually selected a mixture containing trithorcosol phosphate, um, a plasticizer used in lacquers and paint finishing. Oh God! Right. So he was advised by the manufacturer, the Celluloid Corporation, that it was non-toxic. However, um, it was later determined to be a neurotoxin that causes axonal damage to the nerve cells and the nervous system of human beings, especially those located in the spinal cord. So basically what happened is people are like drinking this to get through prohibition. They, at the exact same time that people are happen to be like abusing it rather than putting tiny little bits of it into soda to help them when they have like period cramps, they're drinking the whole bottle. And now they're getting this like crazy, horrible paralysis that is now referred to as organophosphate induced delayed neuropathy or OPIDN. Um, so the outbreak of the Jake walk was first detected in Oklahoma city by Ephraim Goldfrain, a Romanian immigrant and physician who ran a clinic called the reconstitution hospital on February 27th, 1930, a man staggered in off the street with his feet dangling like a mignonette. His legs were useless below the knee. By the end of the day, several more men had appeared all afflicted with the same distinctive paralysis. One victim, a, a podiatrist handed Goldfrain a list of 65 other people who had been struck with, quote, Jake leg. Um, in the 1930s, large numbers of Jake users began to find they were unable to use their hands and feet anymore. Some victims could walk, but they had no control over their muscles, um, which would like have allowed them to point their toes upward. So they would have to raise their feet high with the toes flipping downward, which would mm-hmm. touch the pavement first by their heels. Um, so it's really like 
a terrible thing and it's affecting people who like are alcoholics um who are kind of down on their luck anyway perhaps um so the calves and legs would also soften and hang down with the muscles between and <clears throat> the muscles would hang down between the thumbs and fingers and they would atrophy um so within a few months uh, the adulterated Jake was identified as the cause of paralysis and the contaminated Jake was recovered. But by that time it was too late for the victim. Some did recover and some oh, did. did not. And some got partial use of their limbs back. But for most of the people, the loss of their limbs was permanent. And the total number of victims was never really like, they never determined how many it was, but most people say it was between 30 and 50,000 people that were oh affected my God. by this. I know that's like so many people. And that's why I'm like, again, I don't, I don't really want to like, necessarily throw shade but i'm very surprised that someone would name their bar this it seems right. strange to me because this is a terrible horrible injustice that happened to people that were being poisoned by a corporation making money off them becoming paralyzed um so a lot of the victims were immigrants to the u.s and most of them were poor with little political or social influence the victims received very little assistance um from Harry Gross, who was the owner of this company um, and is part owner of the Boston Hub products, um, they were ultimately fined $1,000 each and given two years suspended jail sentences. Oh, cool. Very interesting, huh? So, <coughs> but you know what, Nicole? It's good because so much has changed since then because now we really make corporations mm -hmm. pay for we do. The, what they do. And, we, and not only do we make them pay... You know, we also make them pay their taxes, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. It's like so good. Um, so interestingly enough, there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of blues songs that were recorded in the early 1930s about Jake and about the Jake Walk. Um, Jake Walk Papa by Asa Martin, Jake Liquor Blues by Ishman Bracey. Um, the incident became well known, uh, late, later on, I like in the late fifties, there was cases of organophosphate poisoning in Germany, Spain, Italy on a large scale and in Morocco where cooking oil was adulterated with jet engine lubricant from an American Why? air base and it led to paralysis in approximately 10,000 victims and became Isn't an international jet incident. engine lubricant like expensive? Why would they put it in the oil? I have no idea. Why do they put fucking fentanyl and cocaine? It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Hmm. I, I mean, I that's a whole other story. But, um... So the first person, okay, the first person to record the Jake paralysis, uh, Ishmael Bracy, the black blues singer who recorded the Jake Liquor Blues in March of 1930. Another singer, Tommy Johnson, recorded Alcohol and Jake Blues. Um, it's believed that no other incident has inspired as much popular music as the Jake Walk epidemic, which is so interesting to me. And I have like I so many old blues records from my dad that I'm going to kind of go sifting through them today and see what I can find because I have a lot of like 1930s, 1940s era jazz records. I'm going to see what, what's on there. Um, I'm jazz and blues records. Uh, miracle cures uh, were rumored for Jake legs. Some of the affected and but some of the people were like affected forever. Like I said, um, not all of the victims were poor and alcoholic, but a lot of them were. And they talk about embarrassing symptoms of impotence in songs. Um, every song by a blues singer mentions the limber leg. 79-year-old um, victim, Gwyn Davis, uh, 
says, since only whites gathered statistics on the epidemic, uh, it's impossible to determine how many black people suffered from the ailment. The songs remain the best evidence that Jake like affected the black community severely. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. So it's a terrible, I mean, it's a really terrible thing. And one of the like, you know, perils of prohibition, one of the many kind of terrible things to happen during prohibition. And just another, you know, more evidence that um, we've never really cared about poor people or people of color and we continue not to. And um, I'm not sure about the name of the bar, but they're not open anymore. So whatever. We don't have to boycott them. Yeah. Um, But it's just kind of an interesting story that I never knew anything about. Yeah, me either. Yeah. So ginger is good, but not when it's mixed with jet fuel. And that's the moral. Yeah. Or lacquer. Uh, Yes. Don't put, don't drink lacquer. Don't drink jet fuel. Um, What are some things that like help you when you're sick? Like what are your go-to, like trying to help yourself if you're not feeling well? I just usually drink a soda. And I like to have, I got Tom Yum soup the first day that I was sick, which I also really like. Mm. Um, Cause it's kind of spicy. Yeah. I feel like a spicy thing really helps. I'm big on like when I'm not feeling good, I recently got into colon into uh, enemas. I feel like maybe you want to, you should try like a chicken soup enema. No. <laughs> With noodles <laughs> <laughs> for texture. Good idea. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend um, a chicken matzo ball soup enema. Great. You just get the matzo ball right up there. You have to get like a big enema tube. Um, yeah. I make sure it's boiling hot. Um, mm-hmm. I like to take an Epsom salt bath. Have you tried that? No, I don't have any Epsom salt. Oh, well, can you, are you mobile at all? Can you get to the store? Yeah, I can go to the store. I really recommend Epsom salt. It's just, you know, one of those things that I'm not, I haven't done a ton of research on the science of why it works, but I trust it. And it really always does help me when I'm not feeling good. Also, my mom always used to do a thing with me when I was sick, which I feel like is helpful, where she would do wet, cold, like cold towel, and then really, really hot towel. Mm-hmm. Cold towel, hot towel, cold towel, hot towel. But if you're not feeling good and you don't have someone else to bring you these towels, it is difficult to like keep like getting different temperature to towels. Different towels, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's really, it's, and it's another kind of insult when you're like a single person to have to like, go through a sickness I, I don't know for me whenever I'm sick and I'm alone I'm like this is really literally adding insult to injury <laughs> <laughs> rude there ought to be a law there ought to be a law against it um you know what else I think is a great thing if you can get it is wellness formula it's just like a mega dose of different vitamins and it's kind of something I rely on when I'm not feeling good or oil of oregano really oh, yeah I've been taking some of that you yeah. have mm-hmm. yeah or you could just like you know put dry oregano into um a rolling paper and smoke it like I did when I was in fourth grade <laughs> mm-hmm. I have also done that yeah. did you ever smoke tea I feel like we've talked about this on the show before but I can't be sure have you talked about have you ever smoked like a tea bag I have yes why do kids smoke tea bags because they're idiots <clears throat> we also used to drink um that like peppermint um schnapps no it's like peppermint cooking like flavoring but it has a lot of alcohol in it so people would drink that that's really similar to this jake issue i know how interesting you know if you eat like enough nutmeg you can like get high 
Yeah, but you you could also get sick from it. You could die. It's like you could die or be high. You might as well try something else. Maybe like yeah. a raw joint or something. If you're well, so now that marijuana is legal, it's probably a little easier for everyone. Yeah. Food. Is it legal in Indiana? No. Indiana, but what it, a board. Come on. Is Mike Pence still there? Do you guys hang out? <laughs> yeah, we hang out. He's really sweet. He's my mentor. He's much better in person. He's actually Eminem. Yeah, he's misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite meme. He's misunderstood. That's my favorite meme of all time. It's like Obama like sitting in the Oval Office with his head in his hands and Biden sitting there looking at him and it's like it's like Biden, like Eminem sure hasn't aged well. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's really like, funny. Joe, that's Mike Pence. <laughs> it's so funny. It's Cuz it's funny. true. Um, did we talk about on the show yet? Uh, M&M's new restaurant, Mom Spaghetti? Yeah, I think we did. Do we know how that's doing or what the menu is? I think there's like spaghetti, like fazolis. What's a fazoli? Fazolis is like an Italian chain restaurant. Oh, I like fast food. Fazoli's real Italian, real fast. No, no, we don't have that. Um, huh. I'm going to look up the menu really quick since we have some time to kill. Although, oh, momspaghetti.com. Guys, we're moments away from finding out. Although this is taking a while. Ah, they serve it in like a to-go container. Look, people have been trying to make spaghetti that you walk with a thing for a long time now and I have to be honest it's just not I don't think it's ever going to catch on stop trying to make that happen it's not right no don't do it you can't click on the menu it's just like a to-go container with meatballs dropping into it and falling everywhere <laughs> and plopping onto the floor <laughs> it sounds stressful <laughs> also didn't he learn anything from pasta mania the restaurant made by the Hulk Hogan Oh, right. Pastamania. Yeah, no, clearly he didn't. And I feel like, how could you not have your menu online? Like, how are we supposed to know what we could get? It probably changes every day, Zara. It's probably seasonal. Spaghetti. Yes, that's true. It probably is. Do you think he works there now? Yeah, I mean, probably making some squash mac and cheese or whatever. <laughs> He's like, cacio e pepe, no problem. No shirt, no shoes, big problem. Get out of my shop. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Yeah, uh, Eminem is Italian for all of you guys who didn't know. Um, well, Nikki, maybe we should cut the show short today because you sound like you're not feeling good and you probably need to snuggle up some more in your beddy bye. Yeah, I'm time for me to take a nap. A tiny snuggler? Have you just been napping and napping? Yes, it's great, oh, guys, really. Everyone, please wish Nicole um, that, you know, she doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> wish on a star that I don't perish yes wish on your favorite star and if you guys have any recommendations of um you know secret remedy home remedies that your grandpappy had please send them to us and then we'll know that we actually have listeners we otherwise yeah. we're gonna assume no one's listening to the show prove it to us yeah prove it and prove it by sending us money from your wallet to the Nicole yeah. Bailey get well soon fund thank you thank you Okay, guys, we love you and just lose yourself in the moment. You own it. <laughs> Never going to let it go. Um, his yeah. palms are sweaty and his knees are hairy. Mom's spaghetti. Okay. Uh, hasta la M&M's pasta. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. 
For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.